You are listening to the latest message from Bar None Cowboy Ministries in Omaha, Texas, where we don't care about your past, but care about your future. We thank you for joining us as we look into God's Word with Pastor Dwayne Higgins. Folks, if you can't love children, if you can't see that that's the future and hope for this nation, then you're like nine others that I know of that we're going to talk about today. We're going to be in Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse 11. We're going to talk about ten men who wanted Jesus to do something for them. That's what's going on in the world today. A lot of times people want Jesus to do something for them. But they don't all respond the same way. Have you got your word? Or are you going to depend on Caleb? What are you going to do if power goes out? Hmm? What are you going to do if the computer goes down? I'm telling you, I've got something here that will stay with me forever. I've seen fires not be able to destroy this, and I can read it sometimes if I get the right distance from it. Verse 11. Now this is what Jesus is, what, what Luke is recording what Jesus was doing. While he was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. This is probably one of the most beautiful areas in all of Israel right here. It's low mountainous areas, no big stuff, kind of like southern Arkansas. When you get up around Mena, nothing real big but mountainous. Beautiful country. Valleys and farming and all that. But Samaria was a place where there were um, Jews who had been, they were partial Jew, partial Gentile what Samaritans were, uh, through history, um, men had intermarried with the different groups, and uh, their children now were there. The Jews despised the Samaritans. They didn't like them. They thought they were uh, defiled because they weren't pure Jews. Galilee, on the other hand, is where Jesus spent a lot of his time because it was very beautiful and people were very receptive there. So he's on his way going down through this area to work his way over to Jerusalem to fulfill a task that God had for him. And in verse 12 it says, He entered a village, ten lepers, men, who stood at a distance, met him. Now why did they stand at a distance? All right. They were required by Jewish law that if you had leprosy to stand afar and anytime somebody starts coming, you would say unclean, unclean, so they could go around you. So they were ten people just always had people following him, always groups of people there. They begin to see him coming and they begin to cry out to him because they had heard what he was doing. What had he been doing up to this time? What are some of the things he'd been doing? He'd been healing people, changing their lives, feeding them, doing all kinds of miraculous things in their lives. They've heard about this, and here he comes, and they're plagued with a problem. Any of y'all got problems in your life? If you don't today, you will in the future, because you've already had some. There's all various kinds, anything from healing to financial to, uh, just you name it, it's out there. Life is filled with problems because we live in a fallen world. 
And if you do your best to do everything to keep from being problem free, somebody will bring theirs on to you. You're going to be involved in some problems no matter what you do. And so they're there. But what we see is ten men wanting Jesus to take care of their problem. Got that in your mind? Can he take care of their problem? Okay. He can do it. So they raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when they saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they were going, they were cleansed. He didn't touch them. He didn't give them anything. He said, Go ahead and show yourself to the priest. They weren't clean when he told them that. They still had leprosy. They wanted a miracle. He said, go and show yourself. I can just imagine what's going through one or two. They've seen us. They don't like us. But what did they do? They did what Jesus told them to do. They acted on faith. Responded to the word that he gave them. Because they, they had had enough. First of all, I've known a few people that have had leprosy. It's still around in the world today in parts and stuff. And stuff. There was a, I had a man in my church that had leprosy when he was young, and his old fingers were still kind of mangled. They'd cured him, but it affects the fingers and outer extremities and eventually works its way to affects everything about you. So they were hurting. They were unable to do a lot of things. I don't know how long they had had this or how bad they were, but it was plaguing them to the point that they wanted some relief. Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest, which was a requirement by Jewish law that when God did something for you to present yourself so that they could praise God and offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. And they began to go. And when... When uh, say he goes on, said you uh, being cleansed. Verse fifteen said, "Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice." So as they go and begin to leave, they're cured, and one turned. You know, he's about to ask that question. Where are they? As you think about this, or at least when I think about it, begin to look at, it, I thought. Why wouldn't they all turn back to bring glory to God and praise and at least offer a thank you to Jesus? You know, when I look into people's hearts and I look at them today, I see a lot of people with the same attitude. They want Jesus to take care of a problem, but they don't want a relationship with Jesus. And they call that, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. He, he did this for me. Folks, Jesus will heal the physical characteristics of you. He will take care of a lot of the problems. But this I want to tell you. What He desires more than anything is a relationship. Because the spiritual is what matters. Through my years of ministry, you don't know how many times I've counseled with people having various problems in their life and, and, and stuff. And then and, and they'll tell you, I said, are you willing to do what it takes to fix this problem? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll do it. 
We'll do it. We'll, we'll be in church every day. We'll be there all the time. I said, well, now that'll help now. You got to be willing to do what Jesus is telling you. You got to give him glory and give him honor. Trust him. Learn, study, be a part of fellowship. Be a part of these things that you need to do. Man, they'll be there. They'll be standing at the door waiting for you to unlock it. Yeah, John knows. He's talked to these same people. First week or two, they're there. Sitting up there just proud and bold. But then after that problem begins to get cured, you'll look around, where are they at today? Where are they at? You'll watch them and what you'll find out, they're drifting right back into the same place that got them where they were at the first place. They don't have time for God. We're too busy about doing this other thing. And they're missing the whole thing about it. It's about that relationship. You know, I watched Tony witness to those that little crowd that was there. It, it, there was a group, uh, about four or five of them, that came quite a few miles. And I don't know whether I was shocked when they said that, or she said she was a Christian, or amazed at what she revealed about her, the way she was acting in dress. Because I'm thinking, the Jesus I know wouldn't have you here doing this today. And, I, and, and sadly, folks, I see it too many times, and I'm not condemning this lady, but I'm telling you, I see it so much in people's lives it bothers me because I know that when we get saved and we enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, there's some changes need to be made. And you need to react and act upon those changes and, and, and quit doing the things you used to do. I'm going to tell you, these, this, these ladies that he was witness to, we found out they were married to a couple Marines. But the Marines weren't with them. And I thought, boy, there's a couple marriages doomed to fail. You done drove 130 miles to run around with a bunch of single people while your husband's off doing whatever. But they knew the words to tell him. They didn't go very deep, did they? You know, you're known by what you see. Not, not always what you say, but the fruit is there. And I'm afraid the Scripture that Jesus tells about people who stand before Him said, but Lord, did we not do all these things for You? And He said, but I never knew You. The reality is I see more and more of it today in people's lives. They want Jesus to take care of some physical things in their pro in their life they want that cured but we don't want to walk with him and i'm telling you you're missing out on the most important thing there is because the walk is what it's all about because when you walk with him you'll find out just how much junk you had in your life that you didn't even know about yeah and then how much joy there is to walk with him 
And you want him to get rid of this stuff. When I first got saved, I'll go to witnessing to all my buddies and all. And I was amazed how many of them said they were saved. I thought, was that not you sitting over in that truck when we were down there at the beer store and getting drunk and doing all that? I said, well, man, isn't it exciting to get saved and be forgiven? Oh, you can believe what you want. I'm, I'm where I'm at. I thought, okay. And I began to realize I was going to have to walk away from some of those friends, no longer be with them and not, not do the things I used to do because when I got saved, I wanted to walk with Jesus. I wanted a relationship. I, I'd had enough of Durango. I'd had enough of living that rebellious lifestyle. I wanted something new. I wanted that joy that Alicia's talking about. I already was getting a little bit of it, and I liked it. But the sad thing is, nine out of ten people right here failed the most basic task was to come and walk with Jesus and have a relationship with Him and give praise to the God who cured them so that they could truly know Him. And it breaks my heart that people live a life and miss that. I tell people on a regular basis, my little old cabin in heaven, not going to have a gold street there. We don't want any streets. We want a trail. It's going to have a porch on it. It's going to be two rocking chairs on it. Maybe three. There's one for me, one for my Jesus, and one for visitors to come over there. But ain't nobody sitting in that one that belongs to Jesus because I'm going to sit with him and talk with him and tell him how much I love him for what he did for me because every day for 40 nearly 41 years I've tried to walk with him and grow with him he's chastised me he's lifted me up but in everything he's done for me it was for my benefit. My benefit. That's what brought me so happy last night. Is to watch you go out and do what you do. You think, well, I didn't do anything. I sat there and handed out popsicles and cut off the end. No, you didn't. You brought joy to somebody's life. You brought a little happiness to somebody's life. You shared a little love because it had been real easy as a church to sit home and not do a thing. It had been real easy not to invest the money we invested in a sponsorship on a shoot and sponsoring an event. It had been real easy to do that. Save that money. Spend it somewhere else. been real easy not to Melinda and Jonathan to give us that tent and say oh well we, we put money in the boot well, it'd been real easy to do those things but you see a true disciple doesn't always take the easy task they take the hard task because they love Jesus and they want him to guide and direct them and they want to give him glory because whether He cures anything about you, 
If he didn't cure, if he left them as lepers and cured their soul, they already had more than they ever had in their life. Because this body will die. It is dying. I, I promise from the day you're born, it's, it's on its way to dying. It's going to grow and, and, and get bigger, and then it's going to start downhill. And I promise you, I'm learning that once you get to a certain birthday, the, the, the hill gets steeper. <laughs> it started in my feet. People say, well, I see you're here. Yeah, my brain showed up 30 minutes after I got here. My feet still wish they were somewhere else. But you know what, folks? I was proud of what my Lord allowed us to be a part of. And I've told you that already. But the reason we're a part of it is because you've made decisions to honor the God who saved you. You've made a decision to turn back to Him and give Him praise and to lift His voice up and to honor Him because you want a relationship with Him. The problem is we've got to find the rest of them out there and do that. Don't, don't feel bad. Don't let it get you down. That's the words I'm really... Looking for. That's their decision there. And if they want God just to cure them of that, well, at least they've experienced something. But the ones we're really looking for is like this one that have come. Because you'll, lead, you'll see many people come to Christ. You'll see many people get baptized. And then you'll look around for them one day and they're just not there. I've done that in people's lives that were going through marital problems and you just don't know how many times I've listened to some guys, I mean, I'll get saved, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll quit doing this, all that. And then just turn around and go right back. But the ones that bring me joy are the ones that truly got saved truly turned around their their marriages, their children, their family, all begin to show Christ in their life. You watch them stand up there and begin to do some of the stuff and make sure that water's in the buckets out on there and make sure the announcers has tacos. All the things you do, it's because you're one of the ones that God's called, that you've responded to that. And that's what it's all about. But sadly, there will be people in the future, maybe some of you even right now, here today thinking, well, yeah, Jesus took care of this for me, but I'm just not for sure if I want to really walk at religious walk I don't want you to be religious I'm not for religion I'm for a relationship you know we get to our words all wrong Satan worshipers are religious people that follow false gods are religious what are they missing a relationship with a living and holy God that's what it's all about that's what I want our children about. 
I want them to know that. And I want us to always keep that on our mind. Because that's, that's what Jesus is all about. That's why He said, where are those? Weren't there ten of you healed? But only one came back to praise God. How many of you are willing to praise God no matter what? Huh? Things may be a little different, but I promise you in the future, we're going to always make sure we're lifting up and exalting God. Andy, thank you. Thank you for fighting through an ailment to get up there. Thank you for all those of you who are gifted and you share that gift through this world. You say, I don't have much of a gift. I can't sing, I can't play, and I can't do that. There's more gifts that are not related to music than there are related to music. Because there's lots of other places to serve. Just because you're up here does not mean you've got the only gift. Spiritual gifts are within every believer to be used to bring glory and honor to your Father. And you've all got them. If you don't know what they are, begin to pray because the Scripture tells us if you desire wisdom, ask God and He'll give you the wisdom. He'll show you what He's gifted you with. The world tells you you're gifted if you can perform. If you can do something nobody else can do. Well, let me tell you how God looks at it. God says you're gifted because you will do things nobody else can do. It won't be a magic trick. It won't be glorious musicians or playing. It will be turning the world towards Him because He gave you the Holy Spirit. Some of it will be through music. Some will be through preaching. Some will be through teaching. Some of it will be through handing out water washing dishes, cooking, just serving. Just being there when somebody needs it. I'm going to pick on Jan a little bit. She told me a story. She left here Wednesday night, made a trip by the Dairy Queen. Saw a man pull in and lay over on the back of his truck. And I know him because he's a grave digger and I see him a lot. He got overheated. You know what the world would have done? Sit in the air conditioner and called 911. Somebody ought to go check on him. She went out there and checked on him. Helped him. Very well may have saved his life. Heat exhaustion, heat stroke is killers. But she chose to be involved and do something. I'm not, pick, I'm not pointing her out because she's some hero. She's just somebody that had love. She's got a nursing background and she decided to use it to make a difference in a man's life. And a man that I have a lot of respect for because I see him every time we talk about Scripture. I can't even call you his name. 
But he digs the graves all around here for most of them. Him and his brother. Strong believer in Christ. Works hard. Sometimes two or three graves a day. Hard on them. But you see, he needs a little help. That's called ministry. That's called ministry. Exercising a gift of showing love to somebody. Face painting, that's not that's not ministry. It is. Make some people happy too. See, I'm being facetious, folks. I learned that word, facetious. Isabella has got a talent for artwork. The problem was the preacher didn't advertise it enough and we really weren't ready. We were doing so many other things. But she paints those kids' faces. Whatever they want, she paints their faces. Tried to get the preacher to paint his. Wouldn't do any good. A mask is about the only thing that was going to help me. But watching the kids running around with those faces painted, laughing, and that's a joy. So see, it's, it's, it's just the little things that bring glory to God if you'll do them. The sad thing, so many Christians choose not to do the little things and just sit back and watch a world go to hell. Because that's where they're going. That's not a curse word. That's a reality. You either die with Christ or die without Him. You either, those with Christ, go to a place called heaven. Those without Christ, go to a place called hell. Where's hell? Separated from God. That's all you need to know. You always be separated from the holiness and righteousness of God. There's no worse place to be than that. There's no worse place. You've got a period of time from birth to your physical death to make a decision where you're going to spend eternity. Where your decision, their decision, if we don't preach and teach, they'll never know the truth. But God doesn't send anybody to hell. They send themselves. Okay? You got that? God doesn't send them. They choose where they want to go. Because hell was reserved for the demons and the fallen angels, not for humans. But because of sin, separating man from God, it becomes their dwelling place also. But God said, I don't want you to go there. I'm going to provide a way for you to come back. You don't have to go. Satan doesn't have a choice. We do. He said, here it is. It's called the cross. Called my son dying on the cross, going to a grave and coming out on the third day. So that you could know that he took away the sins of the world. 
The choice is, do you want to accept that sacrifice and reap the benefit? You say no, then you made your choice. May not ever have another opportunity. But if you say yes and you do like this one man and you come back to him, then you'll reap the benefits. I'm going to close with this. In the world today, nobody wants to accept personal responsibility. No matter what they, what's happened to them, it's always somebody else's fault. Somebody else caused this. Somebody else did this. You name it. Somebody else's fault. I'm in prison because somebody didn't do what they were supposed to. The truth of the matter is, you're where you're at because of decisions you made. Maybe you were influenced by people, but you were there because you made decisions. When you stand before God, you will be there because of decisions you've made. He doesn't care about your excuses. He said, I gave you an option. And I'm not going to hold Joe over here responsible for the decision you made. They're just not going to fly in heaven. He said, I'm going to hold you responsible. You will give an account for yourself. We have become a a nation who does never hold anybody accountable. It's always somebody. And if it's not somebody, it's the, it's the social system. It's still somebody else. Bow your head, please. Father, what a wonderful thing it is to to know You and to walk with You. What a glorious thing it is to know that by the grace of that You've poured out on this world, we can walk with You, know You. Father, we lift You up and exalt You. And I pray that You use these sinners Pray that you use this sinner that's saved by grace to reach others with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And I pray if there's any soul here today that's never received Jesus Christ, they would do that today because your word says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But we must call and accept Jesus as that Savior. We must be willing to follow Him and follow You. And I thank You and praise You that You allow us to be a part of the work of the kingdom and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We thank You for listening to Bar None Cowboy Ministries in Omaha, Texas. We invite You to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We are located on Highway 259 just south of the four-way in Omaha. You may also find us on Facebook or the web at barnonecowboyministries.com, a place where we don't care about your past, but care about your future.